The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, we, my, my co-host is in Spain, I believe, right now. I wish her well. Hope she's listening in. Hopefully, Actually, I hope she's not listening in. She's on her honeymoon. Come on, we should give her a break. Uh, but I've, uh, before I join my guest, I'm just going to give you an update. I'm actually on the, on the show floor here at the Inbound Marketing Summit uh, in Foxborough, Massachusetts, at the Gillette Stadium, uh, where, the, where the Patriots play their games. The, we're in the Fidelity... Uh, sponsored room, actually looking over the field, which is really kind of exciting. Uh, the wind's blowing about 100 miles an hour here, and um, you can feel the excitement in the air, not just of the wind, <laughs> but of, of really what's happening at this conference um, that, that's all about inbound marketing and social marketing, and, and um, Chris Brogan is, is sort of the president of New Marketing Labs and is, is leading the charge for this particular conference that's thrown also by Crosstech Partners. Uh, and it's just a, it's just a great show. Um, there's about 500 people here right now. Um, when you're at a show of this size and, and with this sort of a new social media platform happening all around you and communication happening all around you, you really feel like you're part of something exciting. You just leave charged up. Uh, some of the sessions are really uh, engaging and exciting um, and really just spot on to uh, to what, what what excitement is happening in the marketplace right now with regards to inbound marketing. Um, Chris Brogan, of course, is, is the master of entertainment, but some of the presentations are really exciting. One of my favorite is regarding writing engaging content for the next web and the socializing and the socializing of information. Um, and uh, it's it really it really hit home with uh, with a discussion on you know moving content from more promotional to nonpartisan and from more highly controlled to less controlled and less ego more, less more Legos and, and less logos. <laughs> um, so it gives you an idea of, of how content is fitting into this marketplace. Um, and, uh, you know, overall, um, I think uh, social media, with thanks to shows like this, are really generating some excitement on a, on a local level as well. So, um, you know, just wanted to give you that quick update. Um, and if anybody wants to tweet in to me any questions you have about the show, I'm happy to field some questions. Just to send some questions to Pound Byron White in Twitter, and I'll take a look while we're on the air here and try to get to them at the end of the show. Um, but without further ado, let's chime in with our guest uh, in just a few minutes. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to try to see what's going on with with money and retirement and uh, trying to sort out the choices we all now have to make our financial picture better. So back in a little moment, everyone, with our guest. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. 
This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Mobile Presence, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. And now, back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Live on my end from Inbound Marketing Summit, I'm here with Jane White. Welcome, Jane. Thanks for having me. Full disclosure, we are not related, correct, Jane? <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> exactly. We'll have to check those roots. Jane, you're the author of American Welcome to the Poor House, President of Retirement Solutions. We'll hear more on both, both of those chapters of your life. Um, but tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your background and, and your passion for trying to help people get out of not only the poor house, but probably the dog house we're all in right now with regards to our finances. Give us some background. You got that right. Um, yeah, I, I used to be a financial journalist, and uh, in 1993 I had a job editing a newsletter for Standard & Poor's that was sent out to 401k participants. And in the course of putting out the newsletter, I spoke with a fellow who actually invented the 401k plan, a consultant named Ted Benna, and asked him, gee, so can anybody retire from this plan? And he said no, 16 years ago. And I said, holy mackerel, I need to do something. And my first approach was to try to get a book published, but unfortunately, in the early 90s, 401k was not coin of the realm yet. Uh, Enron had not happened. And for the most part, individual plans are not necessarily named 401k plans. It's the, you know, JBIP retirement plan, whatever. So um, 
had a hard time getting it published, so in 2002 I started a nonprofit, which turned into a for-profit, um, with the uh, goal of making the 401k plan into a real retirement plan. And just a quick and dirty summary, what needs to happen is that the employer contribution rate needs to triple from the equivalent of 3% of pay to that of 9% of pay, which is what they do in Australia. So, yes, the stock market put a ding in our plans, but that's not the real problem. It's the puny employer contribution. Uh So we're... Before we dig down into 401k, can, can you can you try to give us a snapshot of what you're seeing overall in the marketplace with the amount of wealth that's been lost and the, and the, 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 the really the essence of life that's been changed with the destruction in the stock market that happens? And what's the recovery period? You know, what, what's the recovery look like? Are, are things bouncing back overall? Do you have any data in front of you on? how bad the State of the Union is for, for people in their 50s, 60s, you know, particularly, or, or beyond that. Yeah. It, you it, know, what's really the State bad. of the Union? I mean, even if my reform gets passed, which mandates this contribution rate, uh-huh. boomers, baby boomers, the first set of which are scheduled to retire in three years, right, in 2011, two years, sorry about that, um, will have to stay on the job for another 10 years. So wow. we're talking about 38 million people who can't afford to retire, and that makes things particularly challenging for my daughter's generation, which is scheduled to graduate from college in 2011 and will have a tougher time finding a job Uh because of that whole uh, scenario. Sure. And, I mean, the market itself is not being viewed correctly. Um, I mean, if you're looking at emerging markets, they have performed average of 10% a year. And, you know, that's Brazil, uh, Russia, India, China, for a variety of of reasons. You know, they either make oil, like Russia does, or um, they make cheap toys that people buy at Walmart, like China does. Um, And, I mean, our problem is, I'll try to make it as as quick and dirty as, as possible, is that we're, the United States being used to being number one. When I was little and growing up, everything that you wore or drove was made here, right? Cars, clothing, shoes, what have you. And that whole environment starting in the 70s changed really radically. So in the old days, not having a social contract like government-sponsored health care or pensions didn't matter because there was a shortage of workers and companies needed to compete for workers and they offered these as a perk. Now you've got, right, recessionary times, and it's like, oh, sorry about that, can't afford to pay for your retirement, can't afford to cover you, and that sort of thing. So we've got to choose you know, a direction to go. I think ultimately we will be successful, but I think we've been in denial for too long about uh, what is really needed to get this country back in shape. Mm-hmm. One of the things that concerns me, Jane, and this is some pontification here, and I need you to clear me up. Okay. Um, the the overall um, methodology through the industrial revolution was go to work for one maybe two companies save x amount of dollars retire on x date uh, particular date um, and don't veer the course or be too radical and and bounce around from jobs um, our life existed to work for the company and save uh, dollars at a prorated rate and live in x sized house and 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 uh, and and possibly convert to y size either moving up or moving down depending upon 
uh, you know, moving up the, 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 the industrial ladder or the corporate ladder. Um, and it was just seemed like a, such a program lifestyle. We live a different life now. Um, you know, we can we can be young and get a hit at a company that's fast moving and and is growing quickly. Um, if you look at the Fortune 500 companies, it's it's remarkable what the turnover within the Fortune 500 company has been, even in the last three or four years. There's been like a, almost a 40, 50 percent turnover for what was the Fortune 500 company, and, and you know the, the, the turnover shift. So um, on the big level, on the small level, we'll th- we're thinking about work differently. We we all seem to have sort of ADD saving strategies. We're being told you know to save more, but we're also being told to spend more to help the you know help the economy. We're stuck right. in between. Help me. Get make sense of this. How do we need to think differently about our retirement? Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. And and I think the best way to to uh, summarize um, what's going on is we we have innumeracy, right? Um, and, and and tragically enough, um, economists are some of the most foolish when it comes to finance. Um, whether we're talking about a truly evil man, which I believe Alan Greenspan was, uh, for having uh, created the bubble and prolonged it and then denied it later on. I mean, it's really astounding. I had a chapter on, on Greenspan, and they took it out, which annoyed me. But maybe because I'm interested Ooh, in this let's stuff talk about that chapter. Aren't. But when he was even confirmed in 87, William Proxmire said, man, your track record really stinks. Oh, well, what the heck, I'll let you in anyway. What do I know? Um, but then, but then, so we have that sort of thing, but then we have the denial that occurred while the bubble was at its peak under Clinton. Oh, everything's great. Yeah, Internet. Yeah, I'm going to buy stock in a company that makes dog food. You know, this, this irrational exuberance, which in fact is not only uh, enabled by the economist, but they define whether or not things are going well as whether people are spending even if they're spending yeah. more than they earn. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have a perfect storm of ignorance and um, complicitness in uh, really irresponsible practices. And the financial services industry, uh, there should be a monument to not only irresponsibility, but they got bailed out after their irresponsibility because of this whole notion, oh, they're too big to fail. Oh, yeah, yeah, they screwed up and they, they gave mortgages to people who couldn't afford them and that kind of thing. But what the heck? If we don't bail them out, they'll lay off a bunch of people, and Obama's numbers will look bad. So you see what I'm getting at? It's really a, uh, we, we've got a, a huge mess on our hands. And what I think is tragic is I want to see a dialogue between the two parties rather than the bipartisan bickering that's occurring right now, you know, the, the Rush Lumbaughs of the world who want Obama to fail. And, you know, I, I just find that really infantile. We've got a big problem, and we need people to grow up and settle it rather than uh, throw temper tantrums. What's your take on the health care proposed health policy? Oh, boy. Well, now we're looking at the problem with K Street, which is the street where Washington uh, has their lobbying headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly need to fix the problem. And uh, my husband's a health care uh, expert, and he insists that the public option was not a good idea, and he may be right. But I'm looking at Max Baucus, who's in charge of the Senate Finance Committee and was pretty much the not-go-to guy who said, let's kill this thing. And Max Baucus, who was allegedly a Democrat, uh, raised $11 million in the past three years. Ooh, shearing plow, isn't that interesting? 
Aetna, oh my goodness, and you're not, nobody's opposing you. So what we have is a situation where you have politicians who are given money, and because of crazy rules about campaign contributions, I mean, there's limits that you can get during a campaign when you're running for office, but if you're giving these contributions to your colleagues in the Senate, the same limits don't apply. So he basically collected $11 million and doled out $9 million to his colleagues to vote against the public option. That's how I'm looking at it. So that's wow. the other serious issue we have. We've got bipartisan uh, infantilism, and we also have uh, the uh, industries who need to be reformed bribing politicians not to reform them. Mm-hmm. I'd um, love to bottle up your energy and put you to work on the Hill to try to, to make some progress in, in anything, uh-huh. frankly. Wow, let us <laughs> know how to follow your bandwagon. But here's Let's try to, we, we wanted to try to focus on, um, and, and believe me, you know, I, I could take this, it's just interesting to talk with you so we could go under different directions, but, but let's focus on retirement for a second. I, I want you to yeah. imagine sort of focusing on, um, you know, what I call 401k 2.0, right? <laughs> right? How does 401k 2.0 look to you? What, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What does the old 401k do that we shouldn't be doing? And what should we, doing, we be doing to save for our future? Okay, the basic, the concept of the 401k is not bad because it's portable. As you pointed out a generation ago, folks stayed at the same job for 30 years. Nowadays, people allegedly change jobs every four years. I find that a little bit uh, inaccurate, but it, it's, I'd say maybe seven years or whatever. And if you have an old-fashioned defined benefit plan and you change jobs, there's a good chance that you won't be vested, which is the jargon for um, uh, being able to get a benefit from that plan. So the concept of the 401k plan is right. Pretty much the major problem is the puny employer match and the fact that employers are allowed to, quote-unquote, suspend match matches when times are tough. Again, going back to Australia, every single employer, with the exception of the self-employed, is required to do that. They bitched and moaned when the law got passed but managed to pull it off, and they cannot suspend matches. So, I mean, I have some other little tweaks I'd do. I wouldn't allow people to cash out of their vested balances when changing jobs. Don't dip into your savings. Don't borrow against your account. You're borrowing against your future. But the concept is fine. It's the amount of money that's being put in um, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Or lack I mean, thereof. Course, yeah. And um, what's your take on, on, uh, on IRAs? Uh, what I would insist on is that the government get rid of the insane limits. And I'm going to have to go to the IRS website. It's something like $5,000. Maybe it goes up to $6,000 next year. I mean, give me a break. I mean, especially for those individuals who have uh, postponed saving for retirement. And the, also the uh, preposterous notion of catch-up contributions, which, again, similar, something like $5,000. I mean, you... You need to be allowed to contribute whatever you need to catch up. Again, going to Australia, you're allowed to sell a house and put the proceeds in your account. So, I mean, some of these rules are just guided by stupid IRS things where they don't want you to have too much of a tax deduction, and some of, those are, some of them are just plain stupid. I don't know where they came from. Can you see tax reform happening in the next few years? 
simplifying oh, things and well, probably I mean, eliminating a lot is, of uh, um, a lot of jobs I, as a result of the simpli- simplification process? Um, well, we, we, we've definitely got to uh, make it a lot easier on the lower paid. Um, I mean, w- one of the things that people have easier not to file or easier or less money oh, to pay, oh, less taxes. <laughs> And I think Obama is 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 doing that. And and forgive me, I have have such a challenge to file the retirement stuff. I haven't filed the tax reform stuff that much when it comes to the lower paid. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, they're going to hate this. But one of the things Obama, one of the major things Obama has gotten right is the emphasis on college education and the fact that he's seeing China and India and saying no way is the future of America going to be primarily blue collar. And that's why he's moved for incremental reforms, boosting the Pell Grants, uh, stopping the ridiculous interest rate subsidies to private uh, lenders, excuse me, subsidizing a private bank. But what really ought to happen is we need to raise the top tax rate um, back to what it was uh, pre-Reagan. I believe it's something like 75%. Because in the old days, rich people like Bill Gates subsidized middle-class kids to go to college. Now, rich people like Bill Gates, well, he's a do-gooder, but the other rich people uh, instead build fancy buildings on these campuses and name them after themselves. I don't think we need a gym named after fancy uh, rich people. We need more kids in this country going to college so they'll have the high-wage jobs that they, that they need because they aren't going to be, uh, assembly lines just ain't going to be the future for most Americans. How much... Uh... How much uh, sort of uh, you know sort of momentum do you see with <clears throat> with campaigns that suggest uh, lowering taxes will help the economy? Lowering the taxes across the board, including the wealthy, will will improve the economy. You know the whole Reaganism, you know concept. Uh, yeah, R- R- uh, Reagan. You know, the whole momentum did build. Not. You'll Think have to it, admit. Right? If we lower the taxes on the highest income bracket, here here was the idea. Well, come on, people. These folks will go out and buy yachts, and we'll have millions of blue-collar jobs building yachts. Uh, I'm sorry, can you help me out here? Uh, where is this yacht company? I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, Trickle-down is just simply bogus. I mean, we certainly do not want to make it difficult for entrepreneurs to start companies. We definitely want all kinds of incentives in the, in the world to encourage entrepreneurialism. That's the American way. But on the other hand, if you're making, you know, a million dollars, um, you need to cough up. You need to pay back the country that gave you the fantastic education and opportunities that you have. Back to retirement or lack thereof, it appears. So you had some interesting statistics that suggested in the, earlier in the show that on average we are going to need to work another 10 years. Um, but that's the, that's the boomers. Now, the younger, this whole thing is about compound interest, right? If you start mm-hmm. saving when you're young, you're fine. Theoretically, mm-hmm. if you're age 25 and you save 10% of your paycheck and keep doing so your entire life, Mm-hmm. and always work for a company that matches your contributions and never cash out when you're changing jobs, you'll do, you'll do fine. But the demographics suggest otherwise. As you can imagine, when you're in your 20s, you're going, dude, <laughs> I'm, retirement, that's for old fogies. I'm, I'm you know, I'm having fun or I'm saving for my wedding or I'm saving for my first house or what have you. So that's, 
when it would work, but that's not when, when people think about that stuff. Do you think that economic growth, however, often depends upon spending that money, especially when there's less of it? Well, but, you know, you think about it. I mean, Germany, for example, um, is not doing that badly, and it's kind of interesting, and I think it's because they're 80% of their G, and I can never get that right, G, whatever P it is, D, P, N, P, whatever that P is, you probably know. You sound like you know more about economics than I do. But it's dependent on exports. Wouldn't it be great if we made stuff that other people bought rather than, you know, keeping Walmart clerks on the job um, because we can buy cheap toys that are made in factories in China? I mean, you know what I mean? I'd like to get us back in the situ- situation where we're, we're um, producing stuff that other, peop- other countries in the world want to buy, and that really sustains our economy. I think that's, that's got to be the wave of the future for uh, first-world economies, as it were. You've challenged me. You're talking about the three P's, property, plant, equipment? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I can never whether, remember whether it's GNP or GDP. Oh, gross national, national product, product domestic GNP. product, I can't remember what the difference is. Gross national product, GNP, yeah. That's what we want. We don't care about the DP thing. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so, do you have any concise bits of, of data for us with regards to some target goals? Um, you know, I love the concept of saving 10% of your your, right, your, right. your your income, you know, trying to work for companies that will offer matching 401Ks and, and contributions to grow your potential wealth in the future. What other advice do you have? Let's step up another 10 years and say the mid-30s person, where should they be right now, particularly if they don't have any past savings experience? Give us some nuggets there. Um, Do we up our well, to 15% now, now of, our, hate, of our paycheck? And, and, and forgive me if it sounds like I'm just being touting my own thing here. I mean, my major thing, the last part of the title, is the reform we need. Needless to say, I want people to go to my website and email Joe Biden and say, pass reform, because reform has got to happen. Yeah. And you see, right? I mean, it's got to happen, or we're all up a creek without a paddle. But when you're saying, besides that, you know, it's it, save as much as you can, and as you pointed out early, um, some of us have really stupid savings habits. And my my favorite anecdote is about the young couple, and this is probably the mom. I'm sorry, who buys an $800 stroller? Oakley Doakley. How long is that kid going to be in the stroller, people? So it's like every purchase that you make, you need to question. You need to question, sorry, Starbucks, what does their coffee cost? I don't know, $4? I mean, how good is this coffee? Is there gold in this coffee? You, you know, you really have to question, um, especially stuff that you consume, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. something that doesn't have any value. Um, so people have to do that. They have to vow to cut down on credit card debt. And, man, I mean, it's real tragic. Again, you had Obama... Um, and the good guys in Congress passing decent credit card reform, and then these blankety-blank card companies figured out, oh, rats, let's see, how can we ding these people in new and inventive ways? Oh, I know what, this only applies to fixed-rate cards. We'll just transfer all our customers over to variable-rate cards. And, I mean, we have legalized usury in this country. We have folks paying 20-plus percent um, interest on their credit card purchases. This is nuts. Um, and now, 
Obviously, in a logical world, it would be nice if nobody had credit card debt. On the other hand, I know what it's like to struggle. And I remember when the clutch went in my car and it cost a thousand bucks, I went, holy mackerel. If I was a middle class person, I'd have to pay this off in, in installments. And so some debt is necessary. But to the extent that we're buying stuff to keep up with the Joneses, right? Whether it's McMansion or a Beamer or an $800 stroller, knock it off. Uh, our producer, George, fabulous producer, George, wanted to know if you had ever read The Millionaire Next Door, and if so, what your take on it was. Ooh, Kaisaki, um, I'm bad. Uh, author, author, help me out here. No, 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 that's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Millionaire Next Door. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to confess. The answer I is haven't no, read it either, so don't, it don't, uh, don't burden true. yourself too much. But George perhaps will enlighten us someday. Apparently it fits into this conversation. Oh, okay. So the, the general message is, you know, save more, <clears throat> spend less. Right. Um, and reform, reform, reform. Take some action. Right. You know, understand these complexities because they're deeply going to affect your future. What are some great places to go and learn about some of the issues at hand and how we can take action to uh, to move us in the right direction? Besides your website, which I want you to plug and oh, promote so we can get more information. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, God, it's, it sounds like I'm bragging, but, I mean, when it comes, I mean, the FDIC has some decent stuff about, you know, um, about the cost of, of paying the minimum uh, payment on your credit card. But, I mean, frankly, other websites, I'm, I'm at a loss. Um, I mean, that's the problem, and we don't have enough financial education in this country. Uh, again, I'm going to contrast our country with Canada. Um, Canada not only has had not one single bank failure, because, surprise, surprise, they didn't securitize their debt, but they actually educate their citizens on paying off their mortgage early, and something like half of the Canadian population uh, has a 15-year mortgage. I tried to do a literature search to, to find out comparable information on the U.S. There isn't anything because the banks would rather you be ignorant because they make more money when you are. So um, I've actually, part of the, what I'm proposing in my book is to say, the heck, until we shut down K Street, we're not going to have serious reform. Let's have Obama's middle class task force to put up a website that educates the population about the cost of too much credit card debt, how to shop for a card. Uh, when you go to look for a mortgage, never take out an adjustable rate mortgage because it's a bait and switch. Um, because I, I think that uh, if we're just waiting for look, get laws to get passed, it ain't going to happen because of the power of the business lobby to, um, to kill it. Jane, we're going to challenge you uh, to, to put together 10... Golden Rules of uh, Staying Out of the Poor House by okay. Jane White, okay. uh, uh, which we will link to from oh, right. our promotion on Life Tips that we'll publish, that will list this radio show that people can listen into it. Can you put okay, together great. 10 tips for us on 10 specific things that are words of wisdom from the famous Jane White, possibly <laughs> related to Byron White? We're not sure yet. <laughs> uh, but George wanted to chime in. As, can you do that for us? 
Oh, rats. Well, let me let me try. I'm bad at this. And I know that's how we work these days. We've got to have sound bites. We've got to have lists. Um, Ten key essentials. I think we found <laughs> at least three or four of them on, on, on the show today alone. So right, we'll right, dig right. and pry okay, and, and get a crowbar out and pull those ideas out of your head and work with you on that. You want me to come up nice, with this now? Or perfect get thing later. to have her in her inbox when she returns from her honeymoon because now is the time for her to start thinking about retirement. She's married. That's she's right. happy. There's a big smile on her face. And she, she needs 10 tips to, to, so she can stay out of the poorhouse when she's in her 50s and 60s and then onward. That's right. Well, of course, she, she is doing her part to bolster the Spain economy, right? You told me that's where she took her honeymoon? <laughs> they, they were really hurting. You think we're hurting. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's interesting. George wanted to chime in, though. George, yeah. do you have a question? You could chomping at the bit to chime well, in. We'd love to have you. What do you, what do you want to ask, George? Well, Jane, um, basically, there was a book I was recommended called The Millionaire Next Doors, written yes. by Thomas J. Stanley. It was written in '96. Ninety-six. Um, okay. And the book, basically, the, the idea. Uh, the, the author spent the last twenty years interviewing members, uh, interviewing millionaires. Right. Knowing that you had to follow simple rules, which was always live well below your means and yep. choose your occupation wisely. Um, right. One thing I was mentioning, the fact is, uh, they 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 basically show how wealth takes. I'm reading this off Amazon. Wealth takes yeah. sacrifice, discipline, and hard work. Qualities that are posit- positively discouraged by our high-consumption society. You aren't what you drive, is what they mentioned. Right. Basically, the whole idea is that you know the people who are millionaires are the people you wouldn't expect that are. But right. they have found a way to possibly the people that can become millionaires. Not something that happens right overnight, but people right. that are you know they have it right away. They're inherited. But if you're trying to earn a million dollars over a long stretch, over you know, so many years of a career. You right. can make that happen by putting in so much investing and by really changing the way your life is, being very frugal. Right. Well, and, and I guess the only caveat I have, and, and, and forgive me if I'm playing devil's advocate, is I'm going, you know what, there's too many of the people like that, and, and I would kind of lump Susie Orman in that category. Yeah, I have nothing but um, frustration and irritation at people who, who waste money. I mean, I love to make fun of women who, who spend... $3,000 on a washing machine. I'm like, okay, are you going to be driving this washing machine? I mean, at least I'll, I'll spend money on a car because at least I can show it off. But on the other hand, I want to get people um, to take action because part of our poverty is not our fault. The fact that we are pension poor is not because we shot ourselves in the foot. Um, yeah, we should be saving more in our 401K, but like I said, we've got to get you know the employers off up. I mean, if they can afford multi-million dollar bonuses um, and, uh, oh, and executive pensions, um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I agree with you, but I had just have a tad pushback on just let's stop beating ourselves up and let's beat a few people up in Washington who have been uh, not working for the electorate. So... But. Well, we ought to just all get together and have a cocktail and talk about this more. But I'm going to run out back to the social media conference here. Jane, it's been great having you on the show. This great is talking the type to you. I think we may be related. That, wouldn't you agree, Jane, that overall, accent. just having conversations with like this with your family, with your significant others, uh, you know, with your parents, you know, talking about money and finances and planning, 
that alone needs to make its way into the fabric of how we think about our, 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 our futures. Don't you agree? Absolutely, 100%. You know, if, if, if nothing else, that's what needs to change is a more yeah. open source type of, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, discussion about the future. And, Absolutely. You know, uh, th- that's where that's where we uh, we need to go. So it's been great having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Great being here, Byron. Thank you. And George, the master of uh, webmasterradio.fm, thanks for chiming in. Thank you. Feel free to chime in anytime you want, George. I know it. Uh, thank you, bro. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> You've got uh, great insight, and we love to have you chime in today. So um, until next week, everyone, Jane, thanks again. Oh, Jane, any, any more final ways people can get a hold of you? Uh, uh, yeah, do you want people to get a hold Google? of you? That's another question in itself. Tell us about, you know, 10 seconds on how people can get a hold of you. And, and you're, okay. of course, the president of Retirement Solutions as well. So right. tell us, right. do you want people to reach you there? Yes. Quick and dirty, Google Retirement Solutions. My site is there. My contact information, I'm number one. Quick and dirty. Retirement right Solutions, on. that's all Perfect. I need to do. And coming from a social media conference, it's all about being found <laughs> and making noise, right. which we've done today. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope your life is a little bit smarter, better, faster, and wiser. And uh, save more, saving more and spending less and rah-rah, keep the financial future going. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Until next week, everyone, I hope you had to enjoy the show. Thanks.